Can you hear me? Am I coming through? Good morning. If you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 22, This morning we're going to talk about is religion enough? You know, there, there's sometimes we do things and we're doing the right things for the wrong reason. And Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. He became Paul the Apostle. But Saul, he had religion at one point, but he did not have a relationship. And he thought he was serving God and he was doing things that he thought would please God. And from the world's standpoint and from people's standpoint, when they saw him and, and they looked at him, he had stature. They, they, he, he had position. He had power. But he didn't realize that he was missing something. In Acts chapter 22, we're going to read the first 10 verses. And will you please stand for the, in honor of the reading of God's Word? Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense which I make now unto you. And when they heard that, they, that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he saith, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way, Unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness in all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that I made my, as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. Heavenly Father, as we come to you here this morning, I just pray, Lord, that you be with our service and be with me now, Lord, as I bring this message. Give me the words to say. Work in our lives here this morning and in our hearts, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
This morning I want to talk to you about a religion versus a relationship. And what does that mean? Well, in Romans 9, 6, you can turn there if you want. You don't have to. Romans 9, 6, it says, They are not Israel, they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Today we would say it this way. They are not all Christians who say they are Christians. This morning, would you say you're a Christian? What does that mean to be a Christian? How do you know if you're a Christian? We'll look at that here in a minute. In Acts 22.10, it says, And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And that's the key. What shall I do, Lord? Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, Paul, he's in, he's in prison. He had gone to Jerusalem. He had been witnessing. He was in the temple. And a skirmish ensues. And then guards came and they arrest him. So he's actually uh, in prison right now. And then we pick up here in verse 1 of chapter 22. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he saith, I am verily a man. Now, notice it says they heard it in the Hebrew tongue, their own tongue. They didn't expect him to be a Jew. Um, they were surprised that he was this whole group that he's talking to. But they wanted him in jail. And he starts speaking to him. And he says, I am verily a man which am a Jew born of Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the stated elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. Now before Paul encounters Christ, he thinks everything's fine. He had his religion. He has his checklist. He has the things that he thought would get him to heaven. And he starts off and he says, this is his testimony to these people, he says, First of all, I am a Jew. I am a descendant of Jacob, of Israel. I am a Jew. I was born in Tarsus. And I was brought up right here in this city. I was brought up here in Jerusalem. And I was taught by a man named Gamaliel. And in that day, he was one of the top teachers of the law. I studied the law. 
I became a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee today, we think of in a negative way. But a Pharisee was held in, in high esteem. He, had, he knew the law. He studied. He had a position. He had fame. People knew who he was. I was zealous toward God. I hated Christians. I put Christians in prison, and I consented to the fact when they were killed. I, I consented to their death. And I had praise and backing from the high priest and the Sanhedrin. And I worshiped in the temple. Now, from the outside looking in, you think, in today's terms, you would think, well, that man has to be a Christian. He goes to church. He studies God's Word, except for the fact that he was persecuting Christians. You would think, this man has it all. And he thought he was doing what was right. And today, today we might say it this way. I was raised in a Christian home. I was brought up in a Bible belt. I have a good education. I read my Bible. I follow the Ten Commandments. I work hard. I help others. And I go to church. This checklist, right? Sounds good. Go to church. You read your Bible. You pray. You help other people. And you know what? The Bible tells us we need to do those things. That sounds good. But yet Paul says this is how he feels about this whole thing after he comes face to face face with Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, I'm going to paraphrase this. Paul says, What was gained to me, I count as loss for Christ. I count these things as dung. I did all these things. I had power. I had position. I thought I was serving God. But that's meaningless to me now. Now why is that? See, because something changed in his life. What seemed to be so important, I did this, check. I did this, check. I did this, check. Something changed. He realizes that religion is meaningless. But he finds that a relationship with Christ is everything. Do you have a relationship with Christ? What does that mean? Verses 6 through 14, it says, And it came to pass that I have made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, 
suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. Now, Paul points this out. Notice he says that it is at noon. Where's the sun at noontime? Right above you, right? Beaming you in the eyes. It's bright. But guess what? Something brighter than the sun gets a hold of Paul, gets a hold of Saul, and he blinds him. It's Jesus. Jesus blinds him and he falls to the ground. And I fell into the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. The one that you've been persecuting. You've been chasing down the Christians. You've been throwing them in jail. You've been happy when they've been put to death. You were persecuting me, persecuting me when you were doing those things. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Now in Acts chapter 9, it says that they heard, heard a voice. They heard it. There's no contradiction here. What it means is that Jesus was talking directly to Paul, and Paul could audibly understand what Jesus was saying to him. The men around him heard something, but had no idea what was being said. There was some noise, but they couldn't make it out. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? There is the key. Lord, what do you want me to do? Jesus, what do you want me to do in my life? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. Now if you'll flip over to Acts chapter 26, we'll have a continuation of that. And this time, Paul is actually giving testimony to King Agrippa. And we pick up in verse 15, we'll go down to verse 18, it says, And I said... Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, <coughs> to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul, I have a purpose for your life. Boom! Blinded. What do you want me to do? Here's what I want you to do. 
Have you ever come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ? See, when Jesus gets a hold of your life, your life will change. No matter how good you think you are, no matter that checklist that you're trying to do, no matter what you think is going to get you to heaven, until you come face to face with Jesus, you have no hope. Jesus is the answer, and Jesus will change your life. Paul, I have a plan for you. You are going to the Gentiles. You are going to preach my word to the Gentiles. Guess what? God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. But I want you to realize, side by side, when you look at religion and you look at a relationship with Jesus... A person is trying to do religious things and a person is doing things for the Lord can actually look very similar. Go to church. Bible tells us to do that, right? We should be in church when, when the doors are open. Study your Bible. Read your Bible. Pray. So what's the difference? And how do you know if you're trying to do it from a religious standpoint, are you, trying to, or are you doing it because of a relationship with, with Jesus? It's all about the motive. Why do you do what you do? Why did you come to church this morning? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray when you have a chance? Why do you help others? See, Saul had this checklist. I'm a Jew. I went to the temple. I studied the law, right? For us, it might be, well, it's Sunday morning. <sighs> Tired. Don't really feel like going. But I'm going to go to church you know, I think of uh, I think of the episode, and and I think it was Home Improvement. Tim Tim Taylor, he goes, uh, well, someone asked him, why do you go to church? He says, well, you know, I go to church because you know that that's that's then God will give me credit, All right? And sometimes that's how we feel. Well, God will give me credit. Okay, I went to church. Yeah, I read a scripture today. That was good enough. Didn't understand it, but that's okay. I prayed. Boy, did I pray. Man, Lord, I really need a million dollars. That's how we pray, right? God's a genie. God, give me this. God, give me that. Well, I did that. Well, I see that there's an elderly person across the street needs some help shoveling some snow. I'll go do that. Okay. Check. Why did I do it? Well, God, see, see all these things I did? 
These are the things I did. Now, I know that I've made some mistakes, right? We say that, God. I know I've made some mistakes in the past. But all of these things that I've done, and I'm definitely better than that person, so, you know, all of these things I've done has to counteract any, any mistake I did, right? See, we don't want to call it sin. We don't want to say we trespassed against God. We don't want to hear for all sin to come short of the glory of God and for the wages of sin is death. We don't want to hear that. It's a mistake, right? Lord, I'm not perfect. No one else is, but I am better than this person. We have our checklist. That is religion. Did you come to church because, well, God, that's going to counteract what I did here. I have news for you. It won't. I read a passage or two, maybe once a week. I might open a Bible occasionally. That's good enough. No, it's not. Our righteousness is its filthy rags. There's nothing good in us. There's nothing good that we can do. So religion can't save us. Religion will not get us into heaven. But notice what happens with Paul. And he was Saul. Saul, Saul, why why are you persecuting me? What do you want me to do, Lord? Jesus gets a hold of his life. And he changes him. He finally realizes those aren't people, Christians aren't supposed to be persecuted. They're not supposed to be thrown in jail and killed. They have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And Paul asks Christ into his life, and his life changes. It's no longer a checklist. So I'm going to ask you, is it a checklist that you need to do in order to appease God? Or do you do these things because you love God? I'll put it to you this way. In vacation Bible school, I gave this illustration to the kids. I'm going to give you two stories. Johnny had his favorite toy. And he had one of those brothers. E, right? Brothers, who wants to share with your brother? And his parents come up to him and they say, Johnny, I want you to share that toy with your brother. I don't want to. Why do I have to? Johnny, share that toy with your brother. Okay, here. Did he do it? Now, I know your kids are perfect. 
Your kids would never do that. I'm not going to pick on Ben. Maybe I will. We wouldn't do that, right? And our kids are angels, and maybe, maybe it's just my kids. I guess I didn't pick on you, Ben. Did he do what he was supposed to do? Yeah. Did he have the right attitude about it? Now I'll give you story number two. Johnny's best friend comes strolling in. He hadn't seen him for a couple weeks. But man, he's excited. You know, his parents kept telling him, you know, you have 14 days, 13 days, 12 countdown, right? One, he's here, yes! Goes up to his friend, hey, guess what I got for my birthday? Check out this toy. It's pretty cool. You press this button, siren goes, right? Lights go flashing. If you press this button, it'll actually launch it across the floor. Here, you do it. And his friend's like, cool. And he starts pressing buttons, and off it goes. What's the difference? See, first story, Johnny had to do it. Second story, Johnny wanted to do it. He loved his friend. Why do we do what we do? God doesn't say you have to do this, and 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 then I'll accept you. See, because when we do that, that's self. That's religion. And we think we have to do these things in order to earn favor with God. God says, I'm going to take you as you are. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if we could work our way to heaven, look what I did. See, this check, check. Look how great I am. That is not salvation. That's religion. Salvation is, Lord, there's nothing I can do. I am a sinner. I am lost. There's nothing that I can do to earn my way to heaven, but I need you. And I know you're the only way, and I know that you died on the cross for me, and his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus, come into my life and change me. See, that's step one. Jesus needs to be your Savior. And that's enough to go to heaven. But that's not all that God wants. God wants your life. Remember I said that Paul, Jesus told Saul, I have a purpose for you? Jesus has a purpose for you. He saved you for a reason. Not just so you can go to heaven. That's, that's part of it. Praise God, right? But you're here on earth, and God wants you to do something. How do you find that out? 
You seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You put God first. In other words, you put God, Jesus, as your Lord. I used to ask my students, I used to be a teacher, and I used to ask them, what do you want to do when you grow up? That's the wrong, that's the wrong question. What does God want you to do? It doesn't matter what you want. It does matter what God wants. And the more you seek God and the more that you pray and the more that you study and the more you ask, he starts getting your heart closer and closer to his. And guess what? He says, this is what I want. And he says, Lord, give me that. And he does. Why? Because you are willing to serve God and you're seeking God and he directs where you're supposed to go. You need to let him be the Lord of your life. And Paul, here's the call from God. Paul, go to the Gentiles. Preach to the Gentiles. And in Acts chapter 9, it says, and straightway, immediately, he preached Christ. His life changed. It was no longer, a, I have to do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do this. It's, I want to come to church. Not because I have to, but because I want to learn more about the Bible. I study and I read the Bible. Why? Because I want to know more about my Savior. I want to know more about God. And I want to know what I am supposed to do in my life. There's a difference. If you're here this morning and you think that your checklist, well, went to church, read my Bible, prayed a little bit, gave a little bit of money to the church. Check, 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 right? If you think that's going to get you to heaven, it doesn't. But you ask Christ into your life and he changes your life and guess what? You still do those things, but it's out of love for God. Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven. Most important decision you can ever make. What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? And I want you to examine yourself right now. Are you here because you love God? Or are you here because you feel like you have to be? I'm glad you're here. But God wants you here because you love God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for salvation you've given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I just pray now that um, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray that today will be the day of salvation, that they will come forward. And Lord, if there's someone here that thought, well, they're, they're just here because it's a checklist, Lord, just pray that they will get that right and realize that they need you. Lord, if there's anything else that 
that anyone needs to pray about, the altar is open. Lord, just have them come forward. I thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Thank you for that salvation you've given us, the many blessings you've given us, and thank you for guiding our lives. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.